I'm Taryn Ward. I'm Stephen Jones. And this is Breaking the Feed, social media beyond the headlines. We're taking a closer look at the core issues around social media, including the existing social media landscape, to better understand the role that social media plays on our everyday lives and society. We've been thinking about social media empires, how they were made and how they fell. Over the past few episodes, we took a closer look at Facebook or Meta and discussed whether threads could signal the beginning of the end for the social media giant. In addition to the phenomenal flop that was threads, I guess that is threads, really, we considered four additional issues. First, the shaky foundation and unsustainable growth model that sort of underlines everything that that they've done and are doing. Second, increased competition from several directions, including TikTok. Three, apathy and even disdain from its own users. And finally, increasing in well-deserved government scrutiny. It's this last point that we want to talk about today, because since we've released those episodes, a new lawsuit has been filed against Meta in the Northern District of California. Attorneys general from dozens of states are suing for deceptive and unlawful conduct in violation of state and federal law. We're committed to going beyond the headlines, so this episode, we thought we would walk through the actual complaint. Uh, Taryn, before we um, we dig into the meat of the lawsuit, perhaps you can give us a quick summary of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, or COPA, which seems to feature prominently in the document. Sure. Just a little caveat. I'm I'm not an expert in COPA. This is something that we talk about and deal with a lot in, in our own everyday lives, um, but this is not not an area of specialty for me. So I'm going to sort of set out the outlines and and leave it there. Um, COPA imposes minimum requirements on operators of websites and online services directed to children under 13 years of age and operators of some other websites and online services that have actual knowledge that they're collecting personal information online from a child under 13 years old. So to break that down a little bit, If you create a website or an online service that is specifically directed at children under 13, this applies to you. But also, if you have actual knowledge that people under 13 are using what you've created online, it also applies. But actual knowledge is a a really important phrase here that, that we'll come back to. In practice, it means that anyone who operates a website or online service, including and arguably especially an online social network, needs to be really careful about the information they collect on any person under the age of 13. Specifically, the scope indicates that this act prohibits unfair or deceptive acts or practices in connection with the collection, use, and or disclosure of personal information from and about children on the internet. We know that most websites and online services, including social media networks, don't verify the age of their users. For a long time, a simple click-through has been considered enough. You know, you get that little box that pops up and says, you know, click here to say I'm over the age of 13 or click here if you're over the age of 13 or something similar. More recently, we've seen, you know, a slight improvement on this where you're asked to actually enter your birth date, which prevents probably really, really young children from from getting access. But, you know, we're pretty young when we figure out how to how to enter a date that that makes it all line up. So thinking about the wording of the statute, This starts to make a lot of sense. So as long as young people are willing to lie about their age, platforms don't know children under 13 are using them and everybody wins or really everybody loses because they're not on the hook. Um, That's not really true, of course. And there are lots of ways that these platforms can or should or do know that they have children under 13 using them. 
but but let's leave it there for now maybe this all sounds a really bizarre distinction in any, any case why children under 13 and over 13 have to be handled differently we know that the the human brain doesn't fully finish developing until it's 25 in any case not that you know we don't let 18 year olds do all sorts of things we wouldn't let a 13 year old do but it, it does seem a bit abstract anyway Thanks. We're going to post a uh, a more in-depth podcast than uh, on COPA soon, I think, because this has now become very relevant. But let's get back to the lawsuit. 33 states have joined together in, in this one lawsuit document. And then the District of Columbia and eight more states have filed with very similar claims. And right off the, the bat, states' attorneys generals aren't pulling any punches. They identify what they call, and I'm quoting here, Meta's scheme to exploit young users for profit. And that scheme has four parts, each with multiple components. So let's dive let's dive right in. What does the what does it say? Sure, I think that's a great place to start. Page one is always is always a good a good place to to begin. So the first section is really a summary of the case. And as you said, they they're not pulling any punches here, and and they describe this as a scheme, and and it is. I think it's fairly described that way. And they they divide it into four parts, and they go more in depth. But just for for a general understanding, the first is. Through its development of Instagram and Facebook, Meta created a business model focused on maximizing young users' time and attention spent on its social media platforms. Two, Meta designed and deployed harmful and psychologically manipulative product features to induce young users' compulsive and extended platform use, while falsely assuring the public that its features were safe and suitable for young users. Um, That's pretty damning. Three, while routinely publishing misleading reports boasting a deceptively low incidence of user harms. And finally, despite overwhelming internal research, independent expert analysis, and publicly available data that its social media platforms harm young users, Meta still refuses to abandon its use of known harmful features and has instead redoubled its efforts to misrepresent, conceal, and downplay the impact of those features on young users' mental and physical health. Wow. I mean, that's a lot. Yes. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I assume that some of these phrases are specifically targeting actual law so that they can, you know, deceptively doing these things is actually a problem, that they know that they're doing harm, that they uh, lied about it, and that's what makes them culpable. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. It's set out in such a way so that it falls under the relevant statute or legal framework, and it it all fits together really well. The final point that they raise is COPA, which is is sort of separate, but also connected to all of these things. And they, they actually treat that separately. So these first four points really aren't about the data that they're collecting as such. But the fifth point is, and you know, I think we've we've done enough probably in COPA, and so it's worth focusing on the first four. But another thing yeah. that's just worth mentioning briefly, the the complaint goes on to really, really hit on the fact that Meta is expanding. Rather than pulling back, rather than reducing these things, they spend a lot of time talking about virtual reality in particular. And I think that is a really important signal to companies who are developing anything in this space that they're worried about this. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, this is not news to us. In fact, we've been harping on about this for, well, since the inception of the idea of Bright. But um, this document reads like a manifesto for something like Bright, 
right? Mm. The, it's tackling all the things which we saw as as huge problems. But should we dig into some of the detail that uh, that the, the claims that are made against Meta specifically in in this what they call scheme to exploit young users? Sure. I think before we dig into specifics, just in the interest of going, you know, a little bit deeper than what a lot of the headlines would do, the next section of the complaint, if if anyone is following along with the document ahead of them, it goes on to explain how and why it's legal and appropriate for the attorneys general to bring this suit, to bring it in federal court, to bring it in the Northern District of California. And it it details the plaintiffs and the defendants. This probably sounds a little bit like throat clearing, but it's actually really important, especially because they are in federal court. If this court didn't have jurisdiction, the lawsuit wouldn't be able to move forward. And so it's, you know, it's not something that you have to read really carefully, but but it's worth understanding why it's there and, and what purpose it serves in the in the larger picture. So, you know, we, we talked about the sheer number of states um, and the District of Columbia. It's it's forty-two joined together in this um, sort of action. So is this level of cooperation unusual? And, and what's the basis for the for the collective action in, in, in law? Is this level of cooperation unusual? Yes and no. I think states, attorneys general, often will cooperate with each other in, in various ways. Um, it's not every day, though, that you see a complaint that looks like this. It's not every day that you see this number of of states really sort of coming together and agreeing on something like this. And one thing that we've talked about in the past is this sort of, there aren't that many things right now where both sides of the aisle agree, particularly in the United States. And this is actually one of those few areas where we're, we're seeing this, this bridge sort of being built. And if you look at the attorneys general from these states and who appointed them and how they got where they are, they're a pretty diverse group of people. And, and I think that is worth really thinking about and and taking on board. It's not just a group of attorneys general from very conservative states. It's not just a group from very left-leaning states. It really is, you know, they sort of cover the whole spectrum. That is unusual. That that was the thing that stood out to me. It's like this many states spanning the whole political spectrum actually agreeing to do something together in in an environment where very currently, the Republican Party can't even elect a speaker to govern itself in the House of Representatives because of the divisions are so deep. And, and a lot uh, could be said about social media's role in creating those divisions. But you've got here, you've got all of these um, states coming together to force through a, um, a collective action, which is entirely appropriate. But for me, it was certainly a little unexpected. And I imagine it was probably a little unexpected for the lawyers at Meta as well. Because they spent quite a lot of money lobbying. Yes, and they weren't happy about it. So they did release a statement. You know, they they said they were they were disappointed. But they said something along the lines of, "Oh, we're we're so disappointed that you know the states have approached it in this way, and that we're not working together to solve these issues." Well, <laughs> what else can they say? I suppose, but that's completely baseless. I mean, the states, I I don't know of a single other example of a government trying as hard as not just the US, but the UK, the EU, lots of different governments trying to work with these platforms, because they know how important they are to people's lives. And they've given, they've been given chance after chance after chance to address some of these issues. And instead of doing that, 
they've doubled down and they've lied and they've concealed and the damage has continued. And I think, you know, we're finally reaching the tipping point. And I think it, it may have started to tip over with the Surgeon General's warning that came out earlier this year. And now it's really sort of, you know, the dam has broken, so to speak. The the um, the podcast that we were developing to to talk about the the, the Surgeon General's advisory on uh, public health, I think we're going to accelerate that podcast so that it'll um, complement this one. But you know, you've got personal experience having been in the room with some of these tech players um, working with you know government organisations and seeing the the tactics that they use to try and delay and avoid action. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh... It's an interesting experience, right? It's um, <laughs> delay is exactly right. Um, you know, they there's a meeting to talk about when to have a meeting to talk about what is going to be said in that meeting, and then there's another meeting about why the state isn't reasonable or realistic, and it's just it gets pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And of course, it's it's in their interest to do that because all the while these things are being delayed, they're making money. And I I get it. I I don't like it, but I understand from a strategic standpoint why why they're doing what they're doing. And it it puts governments in a really difficult position. And, you know, as as I said earlier, they've had so many chances and so much support and, and so many opportunities to address these things. And I think this really is a signal from some of these states that they've had enough. Um, they're tired of bearing the burden of the costs of the mental health, all of these things that that Meta is doing, and it's they they want to change. It is a little bit reminiscent for me of the the way that states dealt with the opioid crisis and the the having to pay themselves for the costs of uh, you know bad behavior on the on on the part of the people who who made those opioids and and encouraged doctors to prescribe them. So it, it seems like that that may be even a, a you know. An example for for where this lawsuit came from for, for similar reasons. The, the states obviously have to pay for the healthcare for their their citizens and the consequences and lost productivity and so on and so forth. But but let's get back to this complaint because it is it's fun to read because it's so damning. Having had the preamble and established why they're they're able to bring this uh, uh, lawsuit, page eleven, line twenty two, they get back to issue and and then have this long list of uh, headings and subheadings that describe in detail this the scheme that that meta is accused of having yeah so i think it's worth looking at the headings and subheadings because it's a great way to to sort of break this down especially if somebody is reading their first or near first complaint it also highlights sort of it it really is an outline of sorts so it tells you what what points they're trying to make how they're going to break it down, and sort of what what they see as their main points and priorities. So, those who are are still following along on the actual complaint, let's look at section eight, which is again on on page eleven, line twenty two, and this is that line that that really sort of I, I think strikes a chord for both of us, and and that is Meta's scheme to exploit young users for profit, and you know they go on to break this down on the next page and to say. Meta monetizes young users' attention through data harvesting and targeted advertising. And then on page 14, Meta specifically targets young users. So each of these sections will break down exactly what their claim is and will provide some support 
you know, at this point, they're not going to give away every single thing that they have. They they probably have more evidence and more support that they're not yet going to put out there. But there's there's quite a lot here. So the next thing I think that's worth worth really thinking about is the false representations. So everything in this document is worded carefully. They need to tick certain boxes and they need to make sure they have enough evidence to back it up. But Meta falsely represents that its social media platform features are safe and not designed to induce young users compulsive and extended use. Don't mistake what this is really saying. They're calling Meta liars. Falsely represents (laughs) means they lied. You said one thing and that's not true. These platform features are not safe and they are designed to induce young users compulsive and extended use. This is a big claim and they can back it up. We know this because we've seen it out there already. We've seen the evidence out there and and now they're pulling all this together and, and acting on it. And it, it is a really important moment, I think, for anyone who has seen this happen to their children, to their teenagers and understood really, really what it can mean and how it can change someone's life. It is, you know, specifically designed to be engaging. You and I fall victim to it ourselves, and we're far from under 18. You know, and and the Royal Society for Public Health prior uh, to the um, to the Surgeon General's advisory highlighted that young people are spending time on these platforms late at night and not sleeping, as well as, you know, all the other extended harmful effects. But, you know, that lack of sleep for the growing brain is is a known a known problem and it's driven by the addictive nature of the of the platforms and they designed them to be addictive because they can't sell advertising space if you're not looking at their screen, right? You can turn a TV off. Nobody really wants to like watch late night TV. You don't TV, you don't stay up to watch late night TV. You watch late night TV because you're incapable of sleeping, right? But that isn't the case with social media. I think it's important the way they break down how Meta does this. And they use Meta throughout, but of course they mean Facebook and Instagram largely. And and sometimes they're used interchangeably and sometimes one is one is specifically looked at more carefully or or called out. But it's worth sort of again just talking through the subheadings and and what they're setting out here. So they are prioritizing maximizing engagement over young users' safety. Their recommendation algorithms encourage compulsive use, and they fail to disclose that fact. The algorithms are harmful to young users' mental health, notwithstanding Meta's representation to the contrary. Again, liar, liar, pants on fire is is really what they're saying. Meta's use of social comparison features, such as likes, promotes compulsive use and mental health harms for young users. Again, not a surprise to us, but seeing it set out in writing in this way is is a really important moment. Their use of disruptive audiovisual and haptic notifications interferes with young users' education and sleep. I hope Snapchat in particular is paying attention right now because mm-hmm. they are some of the worst culprits on, on this. There are many others too. Yeah. Meta promotes platform features such as visual filters known to promote eating disorders and body dysmorphia in youth. Again, Snapchat, I hope you're you're taking note here and and this yeah. is so important. And then finally, you know, Meta offers features that they claim promote connection between friends, 
but actually this too serves to increase young users' time spent on the platform. So they are just hitting them one, two, three, four, five, six with you know with all of these things, and I think they're going to have a hard time arguing against any one of these points. But certainly collectively, it it looks like an uphill battle. It does, uh, and partly because if these things weren't effective, they wouldn't be one of the most valuable companies in the world. I mean, they're incredibly profitable, particularly in North America and, and Europe, right? The hours spent on the the platform speak for itself. So, you know, yeah, I, I really like this. I mean, it's a it's a summary of our you know our reason for being really countering all of these things and providing trying to provide a genuinely healthy social network. But but also that this claim that they connect friends is a complete lie because they've gone to extraordinary lengths to not show you your friends content which used to be the point and now they show you whatever is most profitable and addictive in the same way that that TikTok does right i mean it's not about connecting you at all and in any case the research shows that what seems to affect younger young girls particularly uh, mental health is being forced to comment on their their friends and potentially, I suppose, frenemies content. It's not actually being looked at yourself. It's the, it's the act of find, having to say nice things about other people, which seems to be one of the primary harms that, that, that damages people's mental health. So yeah, it, it is a comprehensive takedown. The way that they've done it, you know, is great as a, as a complete non-expert, but somebody who really, you know, is interested in the, in the public health aspects of this, it would be hard to con- conceive of a better job being done to, to take them down. One hopes works yeah and i think you know they they hit all these points and then they go on they don't stop here so they keep going and they talk about even when people get up the courage or the strength to try to leave attempts to disengage are discouraged and and that is a really important point too because if you know one of the things we hear a lot from people is oh it's about self-control Kids just need to learn when to say no. Parents just need to tell their children no. And I think a lot of that is a lack of understanding about how these platforms work and how good they are at doing their job. You know, as soon as you you try to do that, you start getting emails, you start getting all of these things that are trying to pull you back and trying to drag you back in. And when you're a young person in particular, that makes it that makes it really hard. Yeah, I mean it do- it does make it really really difficult and in any case being a teenager and like despite my hair i can still remember what it's like it's it's a lonely and difficult time at the best of times and trying to exclude yourself from this sort of like social media network which everybody else is continuing to be addicted to it's asking a lot of anyone i think that there is a problem you know from the point of view of public health there is a problem considering you know, this this idea that self-control is sufficient to eliminate the problem. This isn't true for drugs. It isn't true for food. It isn't true for alcohol. And it's not true for social media algorithms, which have specifically been designed to manipulate your brain chemistry to addict you to, to the, the constant stimulation. And, you know, it isn't about self-control. It's not it's not a self-control issue. And, and, I, and I really think we need to start pulling in these these same measures that we use to to help people who are addicts to other um, things and reduce the harm. And, and they've done an extraordinarily good job in this document outlining the harm and how Meta is malfeasant 
allegedly in the, the, its practices. So, you know, that's a first step, acknowledging that there is a massive problem. Um, hopefully now we can we can go ahead and, and deal with it. Yes, absolutely. And, and one thing that's critical in holding Meta accountable in this way, so we're, we're going the legal path now, we're taking them to court. They also assert here that Meta knows this. So it's not enough that they're doing this, right? So to be able to really hold their feet to the fire, Meta has to know. They have to know that these features are addictive and harmful. And not only that, they're misrepresenting and omitting that information in public discourse. And not only that, but they're making this available, especially to young and vulnerable users. And this is really, really important because all of these things on their own are sort of, I can't believe they're doing this. This is terrible. And then it just starts, this, these last couple of points in this thread are, are so, so important. They know they're lying and they know it's dangerous and they're putting it in front of young people anyway. And by young people, we mean children under the age of 13, which is really, it's just too young. They're also misleading the public in, in saying that the prevalence of harmful content is lower than it actually is. That's, that's another box ticked. They know that this is causing young users significant physical and mental harm. They know this, and, and yet they're, they're still going. And then they haven't even started on COPA yet. This is all before they even get to the COPA violations. And, and that comes next. So, you know, you make it to page 105 before they even start down that path. It's, I mean, it's, it's right. amazing. It is. Um, and, and so, you know, they've made a very, a very comprehensive and for, and for us at least a very um, compelling case. And then they talk about COPA. The COPA section is probably the least interesting for, for most people. I think the, the first sections, pretty much everyone can relate to. Every adult who has been around and on Facebook or Instagram, and especially any adult who has interactions with young people, understands these first points, I think, intuitively. The COPA section is a lot less exciting. It's not the sexiest part of the complaint, but it is really important because it's about data and privacy and information. And they make a very compelling case here, and it's, it is worth reading. If you have any interest in COPA or understanding COPA, start on page 105 and, and take it all the way through. Um, and do check out our episode when we, when we record it that specifically dives into how COPA works, and maybe we'll take a look at this complaint in particular. Yeah, I think it would be good to to focus on that for for people who are really interested in it. And you and I are, of course, uh, extraordinarily interested in what is done with people's data because we think that it never disappears. They collect this data on you when you're a 10, 11, 12, even younger in many cases. And if governments know that young kids as young as four and five have Instagram and Facebook accounts, then it is inconceivable given the amount of data that Facebook and Instagram collect on you that they can profile that you are in fact um, under the age of, of 13, whether you declared it or not. So I think the data violations are extraordinarily important, but perhaps less interesting for the general public because we actually do care much more about whether our children are being damaged by these platforms. And let's be honest, they've spent a lot of money lobbying and advertising and telling us that they are not harmful. 
far more money than the, any of the states or the federal government could spend on on countering those arguments, right? Yes. I, it may just be worth saying one thing. So circling back to our, our chat about COPA in the beginning, they have to allege here that either Meta is directing its services towards people who are under 13, or they have actual knowledge that people under 13 are using it. And I think it's it's worth thinking about that because this this regulation gives companies in some ways an easy out. Um, just don't let under mm. 13 year olds use use the platform and and you can avoid all this. Um, but they haven't really done that. And so it's, you know, as we think about how these things apply to different things that we use in our in our daily lives, I think it's important to think about how different brands or companies find themselves in Copa land and how they stay out of it. I would also have a question about how we extend some of those protections to people who are under uh, under 18 and even adults, because it is very difficult to understand how, as individuals who don't delve into this, how we're being manipulated by these platforms. And I think that the law should provide protection. We do, after all, regulate alcohol and drugs and gambling, all of which have similar problems associated with them. So I, I think it's it's past, well past time that the population generally was protected, but for sure. Yes, and I think it's important just to say here that the the COPA section is is separate. It, it's connected to the the other things that we've talked about today, but it it is a separate claim. So although COPA is really only designed to pre- protect people who are under thirteen, the other the other parts of this are are not specific to people under thirteen. So so the rules that social media companies are supposed to follow. And their duties to be honest and to have, a, you know, whatever standard of care that is applies to the general public. It may apply in slightly different ways to vulnerable populations, but the claims here are not just about people who are under 13. And I think as we move forward, it's worth thinking about how how we want under 13s treated differently and how we want under 18s treated differently and in which of these things should just be generally applicable. No, I, I completely agree on that. It's a really that's a really, really good point. So um, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of of, of going through um uh, the the law the lawsuit. Thank you very much for your expertise. But uh, and the the summary of Meta's deceptive and unfair or unconscionable acts and practices, which is a turn of phrase I adore, by the way, is on page uh, one forty three, line four. For those people who are following along, but what is it that the states are asking for, Taryn? I, I mean, largely they're asking for Meta to stop this behavior. I think that is, you know, that's really crucial to to all of these these sort of points. So, you know, it's we're on page 145 before they get to the claims for relief. And this is broken down in, in different pieces because, you know, we have COPO, then we have some of these individual state statutes that are that are relevant to the claims here. And, you know, what the attorneys general can ask for varies depending on on what they're empowered to ask for, really. So if you look at the first count, which is just the COPA violations, you can see that they're asking for, you know, injunctive relief. They want the court to enforce the compliance, but also damages, restitution, and other compensation and other such relief. 
as the court may consider appropriate. And that's an important line because it sort of, you know, obviously opens it up to the court to say, what do you think they should have to give us? What do you think they should do? So that they're not limited to just what whatever the, you know, attorneys general have have come up with. And they note here that absent injunctive relief, Meta is likely to continue to violate the COPA rule. A, A softly, softly thing to say at this point, because of course they are. Um, they've demonstrated that, that they're going to keep doing that until the end of the end of the road. But I think that is that is really important. And then they walk through, you know, yeah. you can look for yourself and see what what each different state statute allows them, allows allows each attorney general to ask for. But one thing one thing I just wanted to say, we we've talked about how there are the COPA claims and then there are the other claims in in this lawsuit. And what does that mean for other platforms? And what does it mean even for for someone like us? And I think it's it's really important to to say that although COPA is separate to to the other the other pieces of this, they are tied together. And it it feels like to me, if they weren't worried about this age group specifically under 13s, this wouldn't be happening. Not that it wouldn't be happening at all, but we talked about in the very beginning of this episode, is it unusual to see this number of states come together? And, and the answer is yes. And I think that really the, the thing that, that is the driving force is the fact that this is being directed at under 13s. I know. I guess the other question is, you know, we're tackling Meta because this is the the big biggest shark in the ocean. But is this laying down a marker for everybody else to to tell them to stop it? Because you know, we in our episodes on on TikTok and so on, we also deal with the, the the challenges with their platform. I hope so. I really hope so. And I think whatever the outcome of this case, every other platform is now on notice. This is going to be a very expensive lawsuit. How, however, it plays out, it's not going. It was not a good day for Meta's lawyers. It was not a good day for Mark Zuckerberg. There's no way this came across his desk, and he was like, "Oh yeah, great. I'm just going to go about my day, and this is fine." It is. A, it is a really serious thing, and I imagine that there are executives at a lot of the larger platforms who have a similar sense of dread, even though they're not in the line of fire right now. Uh, we talked about Snapchat in particular. Their growth in in children has been really significant. And the things that they do, they sort of have picked up on some of the worst things that Meta has done through Instagram and put their own twist on it that that I would argue is is in some cases worse and more worrying. Uh, so if if I were part of that team, I would be thinking about how do we separate ourselves from this and how do we show that we're doing something more, something different and, and get ourselves aligned before before we're named in a suit like this. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's only time everyone's on notice. And I guess that part of that depends on how successful this this lawsuit is when it finally comes to to the courts, which one assumes given the speed of justice, it will be a relatively long time, but there's a lot of steps to go through. You know, and and to add to the list of people who had a bad day, one imagines the state and federal lobbyists that Meta pays probably had a bad day yesterday, and one imagines today as well. Because I would be wondering if I was Mark, 
what exactly I was paying for. <laughs> yes, well, a lot of money. Um, it went somewhere. Um, I, your your point about timelines is is really important, and this goes to the delay point that that we talked about earlier in this episode. It is to their advantage to drag this out as long as they possibly can. And while I am hopeful that somebody at Snapchat, somebody at TikTok, somebody at wherever is, is watching this and thinking, oh, we need to make some changes, that doesn't mean I think that they will. They have a lot to gain <laughs> from not acting and from dragging it out to the last possible minute and getting the last possible ad dollar. And, and that's just sort of how it works. It will be interesting, I think, to see what advertisers do now. I mean, the, this whole system is predicated on people being willing to put their money into the systems. And we've seen previously Fox News and, and online um, systems like X, formerly known as Twitter, that, that if advertisers withdraw their funding, it does cause challenges for these platforms. So let's, let's see. Maybe, maybe that will be uh, a way the states have an impact. Absolutely. And if this isn't handled well, I think there we could see a, a lot of movement on that side. But why don't we make a plan to circle back on this in a few months and, and see where where it is? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Well, but this was a special episode that we uh, we put together because this was a breaking issue and we're beyond the headlines. I think it was a great opportunity to do that. But but we're back to um, schedule programming. So so what's next, Taryn? Next time, we'll return to our look at social media empires, and we'll turn our attention to X, formerly known as Twitter. In the meantime, we'll post a transcript of this episode with references on our website. You can find this and more information about us at thebrightapp.com. Until next time, I'm Stephen Jones. And I'm Taryn Ward. Thank you for joining us for Breaking the Feed, social media beyond the headlines. Beyond the headlines.